today on the Zabecast, the hardest working man in podcasting. You're listening to him from the land jet parked outside the rented condo in Hilton Head. I am out here for you in a pride-swallowing siege. NFL preseason, shark tank, nepotism, and ringworm. It's all in there, so buckle up and let's go, kids! Here we go! Monday, August 15, 2022. New roadcaster. Who dis? If today's podcast sounds a touch different, it's because I'm not yet fully up to speed on all the settings and all the different ways you can make this new tool sing for you as a podcaster. More on the geniuses at Road later on in today's podcast. Anyway, welcome aboard. It is vacation week here with the family, and I am out here in the van at 11.26 p.m. Now listen, I had all day, had all weekend to get a podcast produced and done for Monday. It wasn't until, oh, I don't know, four in the afternoon on Sunday as I was several seltzers into my afternoon on the beach that I texted marketing genius podcast guru, and all things Zabecast creator, Chris Broussard. And I said, do I really need to do podcasts this week, or can I have a week off? He texts right back and says, ah, you know, really kills us when we don't tell listeners in advance that you're going to be gone. So can you put one out Monday, and then we'll go from there? And I'm like, God damn it. Fine. Fine. Of course, I did bring my equipment. I did drive the land jet down here. It is a write-off, Jerry. So I should do it. And there's so much going on. I've got great material today for you. So I'm going to get to it in just a second. But that said, one thing turned into another. And next thing you know, I like I started thinking, oh, yeah, okay, 30 minutes. I'm going to give them 30 minutes. I'll go and I'll sit down in the van with a new roadcaster. I'll just talk for 30 minutes and pfft, done out. See you later. But you know me, I can't do that. My first thing was, okay, I want to talk about the quarterbacks who played and those who did not play in this first weekend of, of NFL football. And I thought, okay, I can just kind of hopscotch through the guys I briefly saw were playing. And maybe I think they played. I don't know if they played. I'm like, fuck. Now I got to go look it up. So I dug in box score by box score typed them into a spreadsheet, actually had to double-check with some Our Lads depth charts to make sure I wasn't forgetting, like, oh, Taysom Hill, he's still on the Saints. He didn't play just like Jameis didn't play. So an hour later, it's like, fuck, that's a lot of time I spent. Now you're going to hear about it tonight on the podcast or today, this morning. I also got interrupted by Shark Tank, which is probably a good Probably a good place to start. Cut one, Shark Tank. This is a great show, especially a great family show, because it presents business issues and entrepreneur issues in such a, in a simple enough light 
that the whole family can weigh in on, nah, I don't think there's a market for that, or, ooh, I wouldn't give up that much percentage of the company, or where does this guy think he's going to get the supply chain to be able to produce? We're all like businessmen in our minds. I'm bitted man. I'm bitted man. I got to go. I got to go. My college-age daughter, Megan, very much like Shark Tank. She's not a business major, although, God, I would love it if she would be. But that's okay. She's a Spanish major with something else, and she's a great kid. Is doing fine. I'm not going to get in the way of it. But that said, I got to tell you, it's a great show because it's great for hitting the pause button if you are the king of the remote and putting in your zingers or the whoa, 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 wait a minute here. Like there was a guy selling a custom office chair that was called the All 33. They're apparently in production now. They've sold quite a few units. And Justin Bieber endorses them because it has like a swiveling back plate that keeps all 33 of your vertebrae in line all day long. And he wanted like an insane amount of money for a tiny chunk of the company. Like the highest valuation I've seen in the binge watching we did a Shark Tank. Maybe not the highest ever, but at least in what I watched. And he said, take a look at your typical chair. Its design hasn't changed in over 3,000 years. I go, pause. I'm like, look at that chair that he brought out on stage. It was literally put together with sticks and balsa wood in somebody's garage. The squarest, flattest chair. I'm like, that's not a fucking chair. And the claim that I said, oh, chair design hasn't changed in 3,000 years. Bullshit. It hasn't changed. There's a million different ergonomic chairs and types of chairs and materials of chairs. So I was stopping to call bullshit on that. And, you know, my my daughter is good at, at being snarky about stuff, so she was jumping in as well. My wife had opinions. It was good fun. I know I'm probably late to the game on this. Like, where you been, Zabe? Shark Tank's one of the great family-watching shows out there. I'm also pretty good at predicting stuff. Like, for example, two two black fellas, two black guys, two brothers, two uh, very smart, hustling black guys had come up with a invention called the, oh, I've already forgotten its name. It had a weird name, like the Yazook or something like that. And it was a suction cup hook that you would purportedly bring with you wherever you go. The gym, restaurants, and you would... Suck it, suction cup it to a flat surface, and then the hook would open up and you would hang your handbag or your gym bag or your purse so it wouldn't be on the floor where there's germs and dirt. And they were making these things out of their garage, out of 3D printing, like 15 a week total. And it was an idea that I go, yeah, you know, guys, (laughs) I can't see it. I can't see people thinking, i got to bring my own hook with me in case I'm somewhere. You put your handbag over the edge of a chair, or you put it on the the handlebar of your gym bag. You put it on the handlebar of the stationary bike. Or better yet, you put it in your locker, or you put it in a cubby, or who knows where. Or maybe you just aren't as much of a germaphobe. You're like, here's a clean spot of the floor. Boom. Floor. Anyhow, I say, okay. 
They're going through the Sharks. One, two, three. You know, no, 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 no. And the one guy that was most energized about it, of course, Darren, the black guy, the black shark. And I, I paused and I said to my daughter, I go, the brother's going to hook another brother up. It's just, and, and I'm not against it, by the way. Maybe a great idea. I don't know. But I can feel it coming. And so sure enough, they get down to him and, you know, he starts in a spiel about, you know, what he's willing to, to donate and a little bit of pushback from the guys. And then I pause it again. I go, Megan, get ready for some black on black crime right now when he says I'm out. <laughs> She's like, Dad. Sure enough, he was in. He ended up saying, I can't see you go back to the projects because one of the guys, I guess, had come from the projects. I can't see you go back to the projects. I believe in the product, but more importantly, I believe in you guys, and I believe it's very important for you to be out there as entrepreneurs in the community showing the way. And I said, wonderful, but I called it. There's a woman with a cookie company. Uh, some all-natural cookie company found a way to make cookies with more all-natural, vegan, gluten-free materials, and she was just impossibly upbeat. She had been a cosmopolitan editor and writer and wrote books in uh, Manhattan for years, but finally quit that job, and she's now focusing on a cookie business. Okay. And... They get to the point where they say, so how much have you invested in this cookie business? Because she had a little bit of sales going on. She's like, about $1.6 And they're like, whoa! And they say, what other debt do you have? And she said, well, there was this amount, which is a small amount. And she goes, and then I also have a home equity line of credit for another $600,000. I, I just, I paused it, and I laughed. Oh, did I laugh? I said she's in up to her neck to $2.2 million on a vegan cookie. Great. But she got turned down by all of them. And maybe it'll become the next big thing. But I just turned to my wife and daughter. I go, guarantee, never married, no kids. Had a great job at, you know, big media companies in New York City. And decided that uh, this was how she was going to blow her nest egg. Good for her. Maybe it'll work out, maybe not. There was an eco-wax guy for skis. Because I guess ski wax is made out of petroleum. And he says, um, he says there's, there's tons of petroleum-based ski wax that melts into the snowpacks and into our lakes and rivers and oceans every year. And I go, tons, really? How many pounds in a ton? How much wax can actually bleed off of the bottom of skis? Does it all come off? I guess if it all comes off, and if there really is tons, but then what's the proportion? Surely there, there must be other greater pollutants in our lakes and streams and oceans than ski wax that you need to make a non-petroleum-based product that said his margins were so high and i know what the ski community is like because i've got a whole side of the family that's in it and i'm thinking oh yeah i can see ski shops going to this new eco wax 
because it's better for the environment in a heartbeat. And I believe Kevin, Mr. Wonderful, said, oh, the European Union just mandated that they would have to get away from this at their ski resorts. And so you're going to have the force of government, you know, dictates telling ski resorts and shops, you got to use this stuff or someone else's. So I paused it and I said to my family, I go, I bet she gets three offers at least. They'll be all over this. Even though I think it's a dumb idea and I don't ski anymore, I'm retired from that, I can see the business model. He's gonna, there's going to be competition. And sure enough, they were, they were fighting over this guy. So I was pretty good at predicting. Pretty good at predicting. It's just a good show. It's fun. It's interesting. And we binged it out here on vacation. I know it's highly edited. I know it's manipulated. I know that things are decided on ahead of time. I have no idea where the money from the Sharks is coming from, their portfolio. I'm sure I'll get some emails saying, oh, we, my family watches it. We did a deep dive on YouTube is explaining the show, and here's what's true about it. Here's what's not true about it. I don't really care. It's, I know it's manipulated like all reality shows, but the people, the entrepreneurs are real. The products are real because some of them have gone on to become products that I might have bought one or two of these products along the way. But it's a good show. I might have to watch more of it. Okay, let's get to the sports. Cut to the TV show about quarterbacks. So preseason weekend number one is in the books. And I have, after a painful hour plus of research here on vacation, I have the full spreadsheet. Every game, what quarterbacks played. Which ones did not? I have some interesting there, – there's actually a couple of very fascinating things with what I found from the quarterbacks who played. First, though, I got a nit to pick. In looking at the box scores, they arrange the quarterbacks in the box score based on who had the most yards passing. What they should do, to be accurate – is they should list them in order of appearance because that's all I really wanted to know. Who started for some of these teams? So if you know of any place that lists quarterbacks in terms of appearance in the game in order, let me know. I'm not sure box scores are geared to do that across any platform. In fact, I think the standardized format for NFL box scores is They show the quarterbacks based on who threw for the most yards, which is not smart. It's dumb. List them in order of when they came in because that matters. So that's my only uh, nit to pick. 16 of the 32 assumed starters actually suited up and played, which is interesting because there are some guys out there who go, whoa, Patrick Mahomes played, huh? Interesting. Nobody's, nobody believes that Patrick Mahomes has forgotten how to football, even now that he's going to be without his whoopee blanket of Tyreek Hill. Tyreek down there somewhere. And so 16 guys started. There's a couple of interesting starters that we got to keep an eye on here, one of which the story didn't break until too late for me to get in the podcast last week. Tom Brady. Tom Brady has gone AWOL. Actually, not AWOL. He's gone absent. He's gone all. That'd be A-W-L. Absent with leave. 
The Buccaneers have released Tom Brady to leave camp and attend to personal matters for at least two weeks. And Todd Bowles, their new head coach, said he wouldn't guarantee Brady will be available for the week one opener, but said he still expects Brady to be there come week one. Whoa. What's going on? Had a had a degenerate golf buddy say when we heard about this late Thursday, he's like, I hope it's monkeypox. <laughs> I said, you can't wish that on anybody. Now, come on. Be pretty fucking funny, though, huh? I mean, it's not funny. It would be funny with Brady, though. Just a touch, a light touch of the monkeypox, which can leave scarring and it's nasty. Won't kill you. Make it a vaccine for it because, you know, it's the new niche pandemic, monkeypox, uh, infecting, what, 0.000000001% of the world's 7 billion people? Ridiculous. Matt Stafford has an elbow issue. He didn't play. An elbow issue that, according to Sean McVay, quote, terrifies him, unquote. We'll have to keep an eye on that one. There are some good competitions out there. We don't know how they're going to go. The Mayfield-Darnold showdown in Carolina. The Trubisky-Pickett showdown in Pittsburgh. The Geno Smith and Drew Locke showdown in Seattle. And I guess Atlanta may have a competition between Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter. I don't know. I have not heard or not read much out of Falcons camp. But mm, all of those competitions, though, are, are pretty mangy. So here we go. Here's who played for all the games. Am I going to give you the uh, completion percentage or and touchdowns? No, I'm not going to fucking do that. Doesn't matter. It literally doesn't matter. And who won these games doesn't matter. Yeah, certain guys might have flashed. It doesn't matter. We're playing blackjack with half the face guards taken out. And we're playing incomplete games and incomplete shoes with a bunch of people at the table who are doing crazy dumb shit because there's no money at stake they wouldn't normally do like split tens and double down on 14 just to go, ha-ha, watch this. Giants-Patriots. Giants started Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, Davis Webb, Tyrod Taylor all played for the Giants. The Patriots held out Mac Jones. They played Bailey Zappi and Brian Hoyer. Titans and Ravens. Malik Willis on Thursday absolutely had some plays that made people go, ooh, they held out Ryan Tannehill. Logan Woodside, who played for the Titans in a reserve role. Uh, he is from Toledo. Logan Woodside, never heard of him, will not stick in the league. The Ravens played two guys, actually three guys, Brett Hundley, Tyler Huntley, and Anthony Brown. Lamar Jackson did not play. I don't think because of the contract issue, they're just like, we're not going to play him be dumb to do that couple fun facts one uh anthony brown is from utah fun fact number two brett hundley and tyler huntley has there ever been a team with two guys whose last names only had one letter different hundley and huntley that's not a fun fact that's just stupid okay how did the heckler get in how did the heckler get in the van, for God's sakes? Uh, the other thing that's interesting is that uh, all three backups are brothers. 
for the Ravens. So good for them. All three backups are African-American, as is Lamar Jackson. All righty, then. Falcons-Lions, Mariota and Desmond Ritter both played. The Lions did play Jared Goff with David Blau and Tim Boyle, the former backup in Green Bay. Browns and Jaguars. Browns started Deshaun Watson, even though they know he's going to get suspended. It's just a matter of how long. As well as the Joshes. Josh Rosen, Josh Dobbs, where the hell's the records room? Actually, that'd be the Rosen, 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 Rosen. This is the Josh, Josh, Josh. Josh Rosen, Josh Dobbs, and Deshaun Watson started. The the Jaguars fans chanted, you sick fuck. At least a small section of them that went viral in Jacksonville. Uh, The Jags started Trevor Lawrence, as well as Jake Luton, who played at OSU. That'd be Oklahoma State University, or no, actually Oregon State University. I typed in OSU. It could have been one of three schools at least, Oklahoma State or Ohio State or Oregon. It's Oregon, now I remember. And C.J. Beathard, who's still in the league for some reason. Cardinals did not play Kyler Murray, but they played Trace McSorley and a kid named Jarrett Garantano. Garantano from Washington State. I Garantano... He won't be in the league. The Bengals sat Joe Burrow smart. They played Jake Browning and Drew Plitt. Drew Plitt from Ball State. P-L-I-T-T. And also they played Brandon Allen, who's still knocking around the league. Uh, The Jets, Zach Wilson, played and got hurt. Fucked up his knee. They thought he might be out for four to six, maybe the season. Uh, It's only going to be two to three. Should be ready for the opener if all goes well. It was quite the scare. They also played Mike White and a guy by the name of Chris Streveler out of South Dakota. The Eagles started their starter, Jalen Hurts, and then Gardner Minshew, then Reed Sinnott. Reed Sinnott from San Diego. The Packers sat Aaron Rodgers. Jordan Love got a lot of work, had three picks. Two of them weren't his fault. Danny Etling backed up. Doesn't matter. Niners did start Trey Lance, their presumed starter for week one. And then they brought in Nate Sudfeld, and they brought in a guy named Brock Purdy from Iowa State. You sure are Purdy. Your lips are Purdy. Brock Purdy. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was held out, not due to injury, but because they're trying to trade him. The Panthers started both the guys that could start for him, Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield. Just like the Commanders started two guys who could both theoretically start, Carson Wentz and Tyler Heineke. Tyler Heineke. But we know Wentz is going to start, so that's really not a competition. But the Darnold Mayfield thing is. And no, I'm not going to look at the game, and I'm not going to compare stats. It just doesn't fucking matter. The Chiefs started Patrick Mahomes. Didn't play a lot, but played some. Then Shane Bukley from SMU backed him up. I think that's how you say his name. Uh, The Bears started Justin Fields, and then rolled in Trevor Simeon, who's still in the league, and then rolled in Nate Peterman, who is still in the league. Why is he still in the league? The Colts started Matt Ryan and then brought in Nick Foles. Let's pause for a moment and say to the Colts, way to go, Colts. You have a quarterback room that looks awesome on paper if it's 2017. (laughs) They're really going with Matt Ryan and Nick Foles this year. Like, this will work. I'll work. Trust us. The Bills did not play Josh Allen. They started Matt Barkley, still in the league. And Case Keenum, 
who I thought was dead from a concussion or something. Anyway, there you go. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Seahawks, Steelers. This was the two teams that are now out in the cold. That's what I say about getting out of a quarterback who you know can play and play at a high level. The Seahawks voluntarily exited the Russell Wilson business thinking, you know what, we got a lot of picks for him. We'll figure it out. Well, Geno Smith and Drew Locke both played, and they both played an even amount of throws at least. I don't know about the time of play, but they their stat lines looked very similar. So they gave both guys a long look. The Steelers played all three guys who could start for them. Mitch Trubisky, Mason Rudolph, and Kenny Pickett. Don't ask me the order because it wasn't listed in the box score. The Dolphins did not start Tua Tungavailoa. Instead, they played Skylar Thompson of K-State the whole game. It's the only t- game in which one team started a backup, or maybe even a double backup. Actually, let me look this up. Do I have Wi-Fi out here in the van? I didn't look up the Dolphins' depth chart on our lads to see who is. I just saw that they played some scrub who is definitely not going to be on the roster. Uh, Dolphins. Who would be the backup in Miami? Ourlads.com. Dolphins. Oh, good. We're at 25 minutes. By the time I'm done reading this list that you're all bored by, uh, then I can wrap up the podcast. Maybe you're not bored. Did anyone else do this? Somebody at a major website should print this chart and do more with it and actually put the stats and make sure to watch the game to know who came in when and put a little note on each because this is all that fucking matters. It's a TV show about quarterbacks. Oh, Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater is in Miami, did not play. So it was all Skylar Thompson all the time. Tua and Teddy sat the bench. Okay, moving right along. I'm almost done here. Just bear with me. Uh, Tom Brady, of course, did not play for the Buccaneers. He's on that leave. Blaine Gabbert, who is still in the fucking league, uh, started... I think he started, and Kyle Trask, their second-year player now out of Florida, project, played. The Saints started a really bad idea in Andy Dalton. Mm. Yeah, Andy Dalton looks good, seems good, sounds good. Then he plays, and you're like, fuck, he's bad and slow. Ian Book backed him up. Neither Jameis nor Taysom Hill played in this game. Davis Mills started for the Texans. 
He was the guy that started most of last year, if not all of it. And some of my Texan spies say, Zabe, telling you, guy, just mock him for his giant neck all you want. He actually can play a bit. And then Jeff Driscoll, who stinks on ice, was the backup. Cowboys sat deck Prescott, but they did play Ben DiNucci, who should not be in the league. He's a shrimp and is not an NFL quarterback on any day of the week, but he's still there. And Cooper Rush, who also sucks. So, I mean, it's all Dak. If Dak goes down, the Cowboys are completely fucked. Russell Wilson did not play for the Broncos. Brett Rippon did, as did Josh Johnson. Now, let's stop for a moment. This graphic about Josh Johnson's quarterback resume is staggering. He has played for, in order, are you ready? The Buccaneers, the 49ers, the Mountain Lions of the UFL, the Browns, the Bengals, the Niners again, the Bengals again, the Jets, the Colts, the Bills, the Ravens, the Giants, the Texans, the Raiders, the Redskins, then Fleet in the AAF, then the Lions, then the Wildcats in the XFL, the Niners again, the Jets, the Ravens, and the Broncos. What in the living hell is that? And yet, the geniuses in the NFL have not come around to the conclusion of, yeah, don't think he's an NFL quarterback. Let's keep trying him. Yeah, why not? Maybe he'll be. They're not fucking geniuses, people. They're dummies. They're, some of these personnel people are no smarter than you or I. Because why would you give another minute of time thinking about Joe Johnson as a possible NFL quarterback, even as a backup? But they did. Two more games. Rams, Chargers. Stafford didn't play. Talked about the elbow injury. Bryce Perkins played the whole game. That's the other one. I guess there's two games in which a scrub played all the minutes, all the snaps. Uh, Bryce Perkins is 25 years old. He's from UVA. I don't know where he's been the last couple years. Practice squads, I'm sure. Easton Stick started for the Chargers. Best fucking name in the league. Easton Stick out of North Dakota. Chase Daniel, my friend. This guy's still in the league. Shrimpy McDaniel. (laughs) Guy's made, you go look up his spot rack page about how much money Chase Daniel has made and how few passes he's thrown in live action in the NFL. Justin Herbert, of course, did not start for the Chargers, and that makes sense. The Vikings and Raiders, last game on my board. Uh, Kirk Cousins did not play. You like that? Kellen Mond did. Sean Mannion did. The Raiders sat Derek Carr, but Nick Mullins and Jared Stidham played instead. So when Watson is out, and it's just a matter of how long, it will be the Josh-off between Rosen and Dobbs to see who gets the go. Speaking of Deshaun Watson, let me skip down to what was going to be cut six. Deshaun Watson is now bargaining and apologizing, apparently. Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson apologized Friday to all the women I have impacted, quote-unquote, after being accused of two dozen, by two dozen women of sexual misconduct during massage therapy sessions. Watson was suspended six games early this month by independent arbiter Sue L. Robinson. She used his lack of remorse as a consideration in her penalty, which I said before in this podcast is complete bullshit. 
He's not been charged with anything. Why does he have to say sorry for something he's not been actually charged with, much less convicted? Well, but he paid the women off. There was a ton of evidence. In what? In a courtroom, in a court of law, with cross-examination of live witnesses, saying, really, he made you touch his penis? Is that true? Uh, were you there on your own volition? How many times? All the normal stuff. He wasn't proven of anything. But now, I guess, as people are like, okay, we need to put out some sort of apology. And I already heard one commentator say, well, if he apologizes now, it's no good because we know it's not genuine. Okay, well, so then just fucking bag it. They've already made up their mind. By the way, I do think he did all that creepy shit. And I do think he is a sick fuck. But I'm just saying from a legal standpoint, it's kind of bullshit. They're saying you got to apologize for something he was never convicted of or even charged with. But anyway. So the other part was there was a report out that Deshaun Watson reportedly, according to those close to him, would accept an eight-game suspension, not six, and a million-dollar fine on top of the loss of, I don't know, however many thousand, 100,000 that he was going to lose under the original decision. If you think for a second the NFL is going to lose their arbitration case or their appeal, I should say, of this, you're fucking crazy. And if you think that Deshaun and Rusty Hart and his high-priced attorney are going to get a way to sue themselves out of this by climbing up the ladder to court after court and to beat the league, to beat the shield in court, no fucking way. They don't lose in court, the shield. This collective bargaining agreement is airtight. Okay, 32 minutes in. Good. I can now, it's all just gravy from here. Let me see what I teased to make sure. Shark Tank, nepotism, ringworm. Okay, good. All right, I got to do nepotism and ringworm. Let's go to the nepotism, shall we? Nepotism is real. You got to deal with it in life. And that includes all businesses, although some are worse than others. I would say that broadcasting, it's especially bad. For those who don't know what nepotism is, it's giving a job to the kid or a relative of somebody who had done the job before or owns the business when they clearly aren't qualified to do the job. I don't know if this guy is or is not qualified, but NBC named a new broadcast team for their Notre Dame games because Tarico's been moved into the Sunday night spot. Al Michaels is making a ton more money on Thursday night on Amazon. So the new broadcast team is Jack Collinsworth and Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett, we know, is the clapper, former coach of the Cowboys, former backup quarterback to Troy Aikman. Jack Collinsworth is indeed the son of Chris Collinsworth. He'll do play-by-play Garrett as color. Aaron Nagler, Cheesehead TV, had this tweet, and there are no lies detected. He writes, if you're interested in a career in front of the camera, just keep your head down, work hard, and after a decade or so of knocking around various markets, you might just get the opportunity to watch Jack Collinsworth be handed the job you're much more qualified for. Boom. That is the truth. And look, 
there are sons of broadcast greats who have done every bit as well as their dads, have worked their asses off, and are quite skilled. And I enjoy their work. Joe Buck and um, Kenny Albert will be the two that come to mind. But, boy, do they start on third base. They are like the 10th inning in baseball now when it comes to the business. They start on second base. They are way ahead of the game. And Nagler's not wrong. I really think trying to feed your family and build a career and put enough money away for a retirement and own a home and put your kids through college in broadcasting television or radio, would not recommend. I know, by some miracle, I've done it. But it's been a lot of luck for me. A lot of luck. And no, I don't have any sons. My daughters are not interested in doing this. So, uh, yeah, I will leave no legacy. I will leave no footprint on that. And then we go to Fernando. Oh, no, Fernando. Fernando Tatis Jr. banned for 80 games. Suspended, I should say, not banned. Suspended for 80 games because he tested positive for a banned substance. What was he positive of? Clostabol. Clostabol. Sounds like it's in the family of anabolic steroids. Gee, I thought we had fixed doping in baseball. I thought we had fixed steroids. Everyone knows the testing is top-notch now. The penalties are severe. 80 for the first one. A season for the next one. And I think a lifetime ban after that. How did he get caught? What an idiot. Why would he get... Oh, we're talking about Fernando Tatis Jr. He signed a deal... Incredible talent, by the way. He signs a deal with the Padres, 14-year deal for $340 million a couple off-seasons ago. Had a great 2021, but then broke his wrist in a motorcycle accident, which kept him off the team to start the year. When asked about how did you break your wrist, or or I guess he alluded to the motorcycle accident, uh, He asked, well, which one? Implying that he had been in multiple motorbike accidents in the offseason, which you are absolutely not permitted to do under your contract, and teams would freak out if you did such. Not the first time, by the way. I forget the uh, major leaguer who hurt himself riding dirt bikes in the offseason. But I digress. Anyway, his teammates are fed up with him. And they had some pretty pointed comments. Let's take a listen to Mike Clevenger and Manny Machado, of all people, feeling like, hey, I'm going to fire in on this guy here. And let's see. Go. Come on. Where's my volume? New roadcaster. Who dis? You hope he grows up and, you know, there learns from this and learns that it's not just, you know, it's about more than just him right now. No, look at this clubhouse. We, we really don't need anybody else. It would be nice to have somebody else, but we don't need anybody else. We got everyone we need right here. You know, we haven't been part of part of the team. Machado. And, um, you know, we, we've gotten to this point so far without him. Hope, you know, we're, we're waiting to, to get him back and hopefully uh, you know, him to be a spark plug for the team. But, um, you know, we've been doing it all year. Just continue doing it. Same message, 
um, continues to grow since, since day one, since we had all year. So we still have the same goal, you know, which is to try to make a World Series and, and bring a championship to San Diego, and that's what we're going to try to continue to do. So there he goes. Teammates are pretty pissed, and you can understand that. One last thing about Tatis, Fernando Tatis Jr. I believe that he was named as the former boyfriend of the woman who told Trevor Bauer to choke her unconscious during sex. So it's clear that for if I'm wrong about that, let me know. But I'm pretty sure he was apparently dating her when Bauer got hooked up with her. And that's cost him a lot of money. So it sounds like Fernando Tatis Jr., I would say, oh, I don't know, probably has trouble making good decisions in life. Oh, you're wondering, well, what was his, his excuse for taking Clonabal? Clostabal? He says, I inadvertently took a medication to treat ringworm. <laughs> ringworm in humans. Hmm. I, I guess it could happen. I thought ringworm was mostly for pets. Aurora Borealis localized in your kitchen, Skinner. Mm, yes, Superintendent Chalmers. Ringworm that you just decided to take a banned steroid clostaball for. Mm, yeah. Too bad. You're still out for 80 games, which means the rest of the season, which means fuck you. We're going to try to win the World Series without you. All right. Look at that. 40 minutes, uncut, nonstop. It's past midnight. The house is asleep, but I am out here podcasting for you like a fucking savage. Just like Aaron Boone once said, my guys in are fucking savages in that box. Zabe is a fucking savage when it comes to podcasting. Can't stop. Won't stop. You're welcome. Live from Hilton Head, past midnight. Have yourself a great Monday, and we will see you next time. I am not doing this again. Fuck this. These people deserve my uh, podcast. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait. Is this still on right now? Oh, just d- disregard that. I, I'm just kidding. No, seriously. I like doing this. It's fun, man. Come on now. You don't believe me. All right, I got to go. Bye.